Junior camps in full swing. We've got some rookie camps in the National Hockey League on the horizon. Before long, we'll be into the National Hockey League exhibition schedule as, yes, the turning of the page from Labor Day into September has really uh, vaulted us in the hockey calendar, the traditional hockey calendar. Welcome to In Goal Radio, the podcast. Darren Millard, along with the co-founders of In Goal Magazine, David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley. Today, we have one of the most enlightening interviews you will ever hear from a National Hockey League goaltender as Thatcher Demko uh, spends uh, a good hour uh, with Kevin Woodley. Uh, They don't uh, record for the whole hour, but uh, it's just a fantastic discussion about the journey that Thatcher has taken uh, in the last couple of years uh, from breaking onto the scene inside the bubble and then going into the idea of uh, becoming the number one goaltender with the Vancouver Canucks now, and uh, he is ready to embrace that mantle. So that is our feature interview brought to you by Sense Arena. We also uh, spend some time at the Hockey Shop, as we do every week with our gear segment, the Hockey Shop, source for sports story, thehockeyshop.com. Cam and Woody discussing the true catalyst stick. But before we get to all that and uh, the discussion over at the Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, uh, we get some uh, kits. Uh, Philip Grubauer has a new set of gear with the uh, Seattle Kraken. But masks is uh, the uh, order of the day as we're starting to see some of the new lids pop up and uh, some great tributes, uh, David Hutchison. There are. My favorite time of year, as we've talked about before, I got my start way back in about grade six sketching goalie masks. And I think that was the precursor for for in goal. And then we really got rolling when we were able to start publishing masks and now it's become a thing everywhere in the industry so this is my favorite time of year guys little bit of a trickle a uh, few things starting to come out um you know malcolm subans i absolutely love of course tribute to the late tony esposito um another guy that was one of the first goaltenders i ever watched growing up i've still literally still got the scrapbooks uh in storage of cutouts of tony o and ken dryden in that stanley cup final all the cutouts from the newspaper. Uh, so great memories from me there. Very, very sad to lose him this year. Um, the, the tribute, of course, in, in Columbus with, uh, with Elvis Merzlikens' new, new lid. Um, love the sharp, simple look of Martin Jones' new look in, uh, in Philly. And of course, uh, with, as you mentioned, uh, Philip Grubauer, we've got the first ever Seattle Kraken um, lid. So that's pretty exciting, too. So we've we've got things rolling, but we're going to have a whole flood coming in here fairly soon, I think, guys. Uh, is there anybody you're looking forward to seeing? Anybody who's set up, you you really wonder what that first look might be for a new team, or what the new look for for somebody who's with an old team? It's a good question. Um, with all the carousel of goaltenders, like my mind is kind of kind of spinning, like the goalie carousel did. I'm trying to think of who. Who's where? Yeah. I'm going to miss Flowers Gold. I don't think he can make gold work with the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm going to miss his gold pads. I'm kind of curious to see what he comes up with. Um, we've seen him training in Quebec in the gold pads still. Uh, kind of curious, actually, right there. We, you know, we saw him training in, in Quebec in the gold pads and switching between a Bauer and a Vaughn stick. I'm curious to see what stick he uses because he's still a guy that wants to use foam core and you can't get it in very many brands anymore. So that's like become, that's like the old cowlings. You'd have guys that were clinging to the old, you know, Roberto Luongo for the longest time, Devin Dubnik, those old Reebok low profile, like no attack angle cowlings. Yeah. And you had to like, or, or remember the old, like the, the like helmet and cage combos and guys are like searching on eBay for parts. 
Like that's going to be the next one. Like guys who still like foam core. Remember Colin Delia told us that like Warrior had this like warehouse full of like his foam core sticks left so that he could get through them. Uh, The guys that are clinging to the foam core tradition, I'm, I'm curious to see where they come up with their next option. We've seen flower searching. So there's a lot of cool things to look out for. I think for the most part, keep an eye on our social media channels, uh, Instagram and Twitter. That's where we'll do most of that. Not a lot of people know that uh, Ingle Magazine started largely hutch eh, as a sort of masks and tracking the new masks around the league before anyone else was doing it. Um, but now with so many other people doing it, and frankly, teams taking control of it, we don't write individual stories very often on the masks. We just kind of keep it on our social. So we'll try and keep up with all that there. But um, it, the world's changed. I think one of the reasons is you're not seeing, we saw Craig Anderson's the other day um, with the Buffalo Sabres. I like that. Anytime someone's in a new team, you look for new gear. But what's interesting is where we used to get it ahead of the of everyone else and we'd get an advance warning on it, we'd have stories ready to go. As the chase for that became more popular, um, you know, it was harder to get, but the teams got involved. Like the teams are paying for this. I'm not sure how many people realize just how much some of these paint jobs cost. And the teams are the ones that foot that bill, not the athletes. And so once sort of the reveal became popular for these things, the teams in some cases wanted control. Like, hey, we're paying for that mask. We want the social push and the benefit of being the first to reveal it, which is totally understandable. But that's why you're seeing some of these delays because the teams don't want the athletes or the painters to reveal it themselves prematurely. I am uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what Flower does uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, that that's one that jumps out uh, to me. Uh, I'll be curious to see what exactly uh, direction he takes. What about Thatcher Demko? Does he have uh, anything new? We're going to talk to him in in a little bit. But uh, with the with the mask, uh, you spent some time with him, Woody. Yeah, no, it's funny because uh, he's wearing last year's masks. I'm trying to think of the okay. and, and and it looks like. Trying to, he's got a, a different set of pads than what he finished the season in last year. I can't tell. I, I'm assuming they're new. So just a, a simple sort of take uh, the white knee roll, the middle knee roll, and the flex five has, has been left white, and then just sort of two vertical or sort of horizontal, almost like a V. Uh, not horizontal, but angled, almost like a V stripes, green and blue. So r- simple. He went with the graphic design last year, sort of the custom look um, with their UV printing technology, but a it, it, little more of a cut and sew simple pattern on his pads to start the year. But again, like to start the year, you know, we're not there yet. These are, these are what gets them probably through the preseason for a lot of guys. And there'll be something new before the season actually starts. Yaro Halak's gear, which we, you know, we had on our, on our social media accounts from Brian's um, still waiting to see that in person. He's in Vancouver, but his gear is not. Um, but that's, an, that's another one. Anytime's Brian, we see the new custom custom looks from Brian's. So Yaro Halak was sort of that drip graphic custom looks from Bauer with their you know, their their digital printing technology, and now we can add anyone in CCM gear. Are they going to do? Is Jacob Markstrom going to incorporate flames? Jacob's a little. I don't think he likes to dress it up that way. He'll go bold colors, but I don't think he'll go digital printing. But we shall see. So I just love that we've got all these options now with more gear companies entering the custom realm. I think it's worth pointing out, guys, because I think we assume that everybody knows this, but we've got new listeners all the time who might not be as familiar. Uh, Woody mentioned that Yarrow Halak's gear is not here yet. Um, worth mentioning that every set of gear in the NHL goes through head office in Toronto to get signed off by Kay Whitmore to make sure that it fits all the goalie specific sizing requirements. And so 
Uh, if you think anybody's busy right now, Kay Whitmore's got to be the busiest guy on the planet as he's sitting on a mountain of gear he's got to sign off on and then ship off to the teams before the goalies can get on the ice with it. So if you take a little look, some of the photos you see, uh, uptight photos, whether it's on in goal or somewhere else, or maybe you're just watching a game on TV, you can you can actually spot that little KW signature um, on gloves and uh, and pads. Kind of fun to look out for that if you're not familiar with how gear is approved in the league. And just that yeah, was a good explanation, Hush. Just in case anybody thought it was me sneaking my uh, initials onto the equipment of everybody in the in the locker rooms as they come through town. I never thought about that. <laughs> So does does Kay have as much gear in his office as Cam does over at the hockey shop, uh, thehockeyshop.com, uh, source for sports Surrey? You know what? That's a really good question. I think at this time of the year, it might be a challenge. Normally, I'm tipping the scales towards Cam on that. Um, you guys have seen the photos. Every time we're out at the hockey shop looking at the latest gear, I take the, you know, you see the backdrop with all the gear that's there. Every once in a while, we pan around the store and it's just like every wall is ceiling to floor gear on every corner that's nothing when we go in the back room it's all stacked up and organized and the back room is not a room it's like basically double the size of what you see in those videos and that's the back inventory at the hockey shop that's why we shop at the hockey shop and the hockey shop.com it's not just that guys like cam can find the gear that will fit you and fit your game whether it's the latest options or something on sale from last year with honest opinions about what you need and don't need, not just selling you the newest and most expensive stuff. They really do try and find something that fits your game and your budget. But he's got the inventory in the back to make sure they have it in stock. So you're not waiting on some of these. You know, If you're custom ordering, hey, you're going to wait. But other than that, if you're at the situation right now where the league is starting, the season is starting, you need something new, there's a really good chance that he's got it in stock. Because uh, as busy as Kay is, nobody's got more gear than Cam at the hockey shop, uh, Source for Sports out in Surrey. So if you're looking for something last minute, you need it in a hurry, make sure you check them out at thehockeyshop.com. Like I said, if it's last year's or past year's inventory, chances are it's on sale. And if it's the latest, they've got it ready to go, including the new um, true Catalyst AX9 and AX5 sticks that we're going to talk about later today. Uh, looking forward to that conversation. I want to slide over to it uh, right now, and then we'll get to uh, what's up uh, at ingolmag.com because uh, there's some incredible content available to premium members. And if you aren't a premium member, uh, this will really uh, tweak you when we get into uh, puck handling and uh, what Mike Smith, uh, is, uh, his approach is. And then we've got uh, depth uh, before angle and, and all that uh, whole theory and approach. Uh, and we'll uh, slide over to the Philadelphia Flyers organization for that tidbit. But uh, it's Cam uh, talking twigs with Kevin Woodley with another guest appearance by Siri with Ingle Radio, the podcast, our gear segment brought to you by The Hockey Shop, source for sports, Surrey, thehockeyshop.com. Welcome back to The Hockey Shop, source for sports, where right into the end of August, coming up on the next season, we are still breaking out new gear. We talked about it recently. I mean... The reality of today's world is some shipping has gotten behind. There are some products now that uh, were supposed to be here, sort of spring normal launches. There just haven't been. The good news is that gives us new stuff to talk about right until the end of the summer. And today's is the True Catalyst Stick. 
You've seen them sort of market a little bit on their social media campaigns a couple months back. But the reality is there wasn't a ton of inventory out there. There is now. You've got it in stock cam. So let's start with the Catalyst 9X, which is in my hands. And I got to say, I don't feel much in my hands because this sucker's light. Sub 600 grams. Sub six. Hold on. Hold on. Sub 600. That means Sub 500. The first numbers with a five. First number is with a five. Come on. That's correct. It is light. Oh no, boys. Here we go again. Look, Cam is kinda small. Not Hutch's baby hand small, but still, small man. So evidently he uses an intermediate stick. You see it's the true catalyst intermediate stick that is sub 600. The senior stick that adults use is 620 grams. Still light, but not sub 600 Cam. Back to the stick. I just want to talk about one of my favorite features about it already is that this slightly shaved down paddle grip. So a lot of the shoulders that you're currently seeing right now still up on the wall are still full connected shoulders like your standard grip. What True has done is that they've gone and actually shaved that down allowing that finger to come across a little bit more. You're getting more of that full on grip for the stick which has become quite common in the NHL. Um, I mean there's no one standard grip because everyone's got their own little bit of personal preference to it but again it's just a nice quick call out feature before we get too kind of deep into the stick itself um, offers some great feel very stiff stick not a whole lot of flex to it you can put a bit of torque into it you see a little bit coming up at the you know upper i would say midpoint of the actual paddle itself but there's not a whole lot of flex to it yeah, what little bow is in there is kind of up here around the TA. It's not like some of the, we've seen the, the midpoint with a little more. You can really sort of give it the old Brett Hall one knee down flex. There's, that's a stiffer stick for sure, which is fine because there are some people that prefer it. Correct, yeah. And so some of the bigger guys, um, some of the guys have put a little bit more torque into that shot. That stiffness is going to pay off because you're going to have that response come back in that shot for sure. Okay, so what, what t talk to me about materials. It's incredibly light. Uh, where are we with feel and durability? I'll be honest, True's early sticks um lacked feel to me where have we gotten with that 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 part of it early feedback has been puck response off uh has been in very good in terms of for deflecting and feel you're still getting that nice pop and bounce um i mean long-term durability and things like that again it's still a bit of an early on so we can't really attest to that too too much you know market research required put it that way um beyond reading what it says on the outside of the box uh, really, we do need to, to have some more people kind of chug through them, see, see how they feel with them, um, get, uh, get that opportunity to, you know, um, get some multiple shots. I mean, I've had uh, the chance to take some shots, obviously, in the shooting room with them, and then uh, a little bit of an on-ice demo with one as well. Um, I felt it had good response, good, again, puck balance, feel, especially my stance. The weightlessness, if that counts really as a, as a descriptive term of it actually in your hand was, was pretty huge. It really did feel like I didn't have anything there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super light. You notice it right away. A uh, little bit of a grip material on there as well. You talked about sort of shaving down the handle a little bit. A uh, little grip material through there, and it looks like it runs in parts up the stick. So if you're puck handling, maybe a little bit of extra grip, but the most down around here. Um, any, anything else other special about the, the materials or the way they put this together that people are going to notice? Uh, again, the biggest thing is going to be the weight to call out for sure. Uh, just the way that True has laid their composites inside the stick um, to get the best feel and, and weight wise out of it. The first thing you do when you pick it up is going to be like, wow, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't feel like there's anything there for sure. 
That's the top end price point. Top end, $350 stick. So where do we go down from here? Because you told me there was actually, as, as and I got to be honest, I'm a little enamored with the lack of weight here. Like it's super light. It's kind of hard not to be impressed by that. Yes. Um, you told me there might actually be, I might be more impressed by the next price point down or the lower price points. So truly good value. Huh? Huh? You see what I did there? Huh? Huh? 710 gram. $160 price point, the true catalyst five. Well, still pretty light stick. Okay. Still got the, uh, still got that grip material on there. Still got the grip, still got the shave down paddle. Excellent value. Still a stiff stick, touch more flex because obviously the composites do change a little bit as you drop down in price point. That said, value play here is fantastic. Lots of color options. Definitely like the Vegas style, if you were to ask me. Look, goes good with a uh, certain Vegas set on the wall, that's for sure. That said, uh, if you are looking for more of a friendlier price point stick, I mean, this, you know, we talk about older foam cores that used to be that high-end foam core stick at that 160 price point. Like, this does battle, but is a lighter weight stick. Comes with a 30-day warranty, and we got some fantastic colors in it, too. So, uh, definitely a fantastic option. Uh, a truly... Fantastic stop, option. Stop, Just stop with the puns. Just stop with the puns. <laughs> what else changes from this to that? Just basically your composite layup, your construction. Your composite layup, your construction. Obviously, that little bit of extra weight, but still maintaining, like I said, 710 grams, I think, for a 26-inch stick. I think it was. It's what we, what we measured out at. So um, lightweight, great value. Different lies, different curves, contact view. Where does the where does a 26 inch true paddle compare to say Bauer, um, CCM? Obviously we know that that with Warrior, you know, like a 26 inch paddle for them is a lot shorter. Where does the true sort of fit on that scale compared to other brands? Yeah, it's a, it's somewhere in the in, in between it. It does depend on or depend on their curves. Um, they got the PC2, MC2, um, what those are, what those line up closest to. Best is to give me a call, 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790, and we can chat about it. You can check them out at thehockeyshop.com. Uh, we have some pictures, examples. We have some a little bit of curve comparison to there as well. Um, again, give us a call. We'll talk about it. Well, or if you happen to be blessed enough to live nearby, come on down, camel tape one up, get you in the stick room so you can actually feel it and see how it shoots. You saw him shooting with the true gloves. They've got the true 12.2 set in here, so you can throw in the mitts and get a true feel, or bring your own and really feel how this stick's going to feel. Yeah, I said true. Shut up. I wasn't trying to be funny or do a pun. I was just talking, idiot. It's all right. Oh. Just come in store for your truly comfortable shopping experience. Again. Thanks, Cam. We haven't talked a, a lot. Uh, good point by by Cam and uh, and and you, Woody, uh, about colors of sticks. It, I mean, it's sort of just assumed that you've got the great colors. But uh, the hockey shop, the hockeyshop.com source for sports story, they've got it all. Pretty much any combination you want. Yeah, no, lots of lots of color options, and um, you know, even when you see our video post, reminder to everyone that uh, as much as you enjoy listening to the gear segment on the Ingo Radio podcast, we have a sort of simulcast video version that goes live shortly after the podcast, uh, where Cam shows off some of those colors. Uh, but just as he needed a correction from Siri on the weight, 
And and when you see that video, you'll see my eyebrows kind of go up when he talks about sub 600 grams. I'm like, really? And he's right, just on the intermediate sticks. But i be honest, it's just barely above 600. So it's still an incredibly light stick. But I was like, I thought maybe he'd made a mistake there because that sounded so absurd. And sure enough, he had. Way to go, Cam. Um, but also on the colors. He didn't bring all the good ones out. There's They got more colors than what we see in the video. So uh, I was in there the other day to film some new stuff. And just as I do, grab things off the shelf, leave them lying around, make Cam clean up after me. It's like being seven years old again, and he's my mom. Um, but lots of colors, like so many good colors in there. So yeah, it's not just, uh, you know, lie, curve, paddle length. You've also got some options in terms of matching your team a little bit, you know? Show off a little style, a little bit of flair. And interestingly enough, most of the color, like the broader color options he has are in that AX5 stick. And as he mentioned in that review, I think this is one where that second price point is going to be, as much as we all want the, the, the nicest one, there's a lot of value in that second price point here. And it's great to, if, if you're in the lower mainland to, to play uh, there for a tournament, you pop by, they'll probably have your, your colors in stock because there's so many different uh, options around there. Did you have a favorite? Well, I mean, it wouldn't fit any 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 kit or any team I play on, but for some reason there was like a teal and orange San Jose type thing. Like I almost wanted to grab it and take it to Martin Jones who's skating down the road was out with Thatcher Demko at the Pro Skate recently and and show it to him. I guess that wouldn't work now that he's in Philly, but it was like the perfect sharks. I should have got it for Reimer. It just the way it popped, yes. the way the teal and orange popped, I was like I was really impressed with that one. Hey, Reimer, there's a guy uh, I'm looking forward to his bucket. We were talking earlier. Uh, he's got some some decent uh, approaches in in the past, so uh, that one uh, just uh, jumps into my head. Uh, Mike Smith uh, stick handling uh, part three of that series is up on ingolmag.com. Hutch, yeah, just a, as a reminder, we were up at the Net Three Sixty Camp in Kelowna, which is a group of largely pros, but there were uh, two youngsters there. Uh, one midget, one major junior, and Mike Smith kindly took the two of them aside for about half an hour to to talk puck handling um, at the request of Ray Petko, who was uh, running the camp. And uh, and it was just fantastic. We've, we've had the, the first set where he just sort of talks theory um, about having the courage to play the puck, about um, when you make a mistake, getting back out there and doing it again, uh, communication with your team, coaches, letting goalies handle the puck. So, so that was a, a really good one. Then we followed it up with a little bit of stuff on uh, how he holds the stick, uh, as we know, and a and, uh, little bit of theory on how you uh, anticipate the forecheck when you decide to, ma- to make certain plays and so on. And then, and then finally, uh, t- uh, this week, we got into the, the meat of the thing, which is footwork. And uh, Smitty did start the whole thing by saying he feels that there's nothing more important than footwork. And, uh, and ultimately being able to get out there and get that puck quickly to give yourself more time to make a decision. So he takes the two young goalies through a couple of uh, two or three different drills that he uses every time he steps on the ice. He spends 10 minutes working on that footwork every single day, guys. And uh, I think every goaltender, every coach should watch this because these are drills that you don't need your coach to tell you what to do. You don't need a net. You don't need pucks. Uh, as your team's skating around, just sort of having a little fun and messing around before practice, you can be off on the side working on these drills. Five, 10 minutes a day over the season is hours and hours. So uh, you can really make an impact on your game if you do like Smitty does here and, and put, put the work in. So we really encourage people to, uh, to check it out. We're going to wrap it up next week with 
what really was just a little bit of a wrap-up of Smitty chatting with the goaltenders again to encourage them a little bit uh, to put in another game. So I absolutely love this series. We've been hoping that we'd be able to do something with uh, Smitty on puck handling for years, eh, Woody? And, and just great to finally do it. Yeah, my beer league team is terrified because they saw they've seen on our social media that we've had this series and they're worried that I've been following along and I'm going to actually try and puck handle more. But then when they saw the most important part was skating, they're like, we don't need to worry about it. He can't skate. He'll just stay in the net. But no, it no, is been... going to be like, hey, Woody, Woody, get in the net. We want to warm up. No, no. Got my eagle turns. Got to get my eagle turns in, boys. Absolutely. And with my practice warm up stick as well, I'll be that's what I'll do my eagle turns with. Um, Listen, uh, the other part of that, too, I think it goes back to that Hockey Canada coaches symposium that you can still watch on ingoldmag.com. And a great point by Dan Stewart. Goalies, when there's others like do the Mike Smith skating drill 100%. But when you got a coach that wants you to participate in the player skating stuff and you're like, no, I only do my crease work. That's what I do. And I got to be honest, I used to think the same way. Like, hey, why is the goalie doing all the skating work? Just do your crease work. This is the skating. Dan Stewart stressed this as well. This is the skating you need to be able to do. Mike talked about it in the first installment, stuff he did as a kid that didn't seem to relate to the position. If you're a goalie and you think, ah, that's not for me because it's not goalie skating, there's a benefit to it. And it's an absolute staple to being able to get out of your net and handle the puck. You got to be able to move not just as a goalie, but you know, almost like a player to, to make some of these moves. And I think Mike does a great job of giving you, as you said, Hutch, drills you can do, but just the general concept and having that open mindset that I'm not just doing my crease movement patterns because I'm just a goalie is one that we need to get away from. How often do you think goalies practice like sprints? Hmm. That answers that question. As, as infrequently as we can. Because <laughs> we, 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 when we pull the goalie for the extra attacker, that's the only time a goalie ever ever does a sprint. No, no. When you, lose the, when you lose the puck behind the net. Ah, yeah. There's that too. The sprint and dive. Just, uh, well, I don't just know about you guys, that. but whenever there's a penalty and they're like, this is the delayed penalty and the, like for, for the old beer league, they're like, come on, get to the bench. I'm like, I'm not putting that effort in. Are oh, you I was, kidding? I and was, then, I was the opposite in beer league. I'd see there's a penalty. I'd get to the bench and I'd be standing there. Guys, guys, anybody want to get on the ice? Has anybody noticed? They're the ones who don't feel like making the effort to hop over the boards because they know the whistle's about to blow. It never fails. The whistle goes right before you get there. But in, in beer league, the goalie always does the big loop back because he's going to be dragging enough time anytime, to glide anytime. all the way back to, to, to gotta catch, catch, gotta catch hey, my breath <laughs> you you opened the door woody you, you talked last week about the the first skate that you had coming up how did it go i survived i survived um i will say um it was my first time in the axis gear as well because that arrived a lot of our testing was done by other you know sort of young and junior goalies and a lot of the feedback came from that i wasn't able to participate in that gear so this is my first skate in it i was really impressed with the pads um gloves are similar to what i i mean high expectations i always have for 590 ccm break but i yeah i, I almost feel like we undersold the axis line but again that was just my first skate i gotta say this though first skate in 18 months there was a warm up, so I saw some pucks. But once the puck dropped on the actual game, the first shot I saw was Colton Gillies, who played about four or five years in the NHL, played 150 NHL games or something around, maybe 200, was in the KHL right till last year from below the faceoff dot. And he couldn't have drilled me more flush in the mask on the cage, right in no the way. mouth. First shot in 18 months in a game situation, flush. 
burning rubber. It, I've still got the puck marks. Like it, you know, he had a good enough spin on on heavy shot, good enough spin on it that it left the left pieces of the puck behind on my mask. Burning rubber through the nostrils, straps pop off. I'm like, seriously, like, well, and he felt terrible, and he was super good about it. But like, that's why we, that's why we wear pro masks, you know, so we're safe. That's what I told him. Don't worry, I'm not out here in like a an old iTech 1200. You know, like death bucket. Um, but yeah, f- seriously, first shot in 18 months and he absolutely labeled me. So you know what the funny part was? After 18 months without playing, I was smiling the whole time. Didn't just even, I didn't yeah. care. Happy to be back. Six months from now that happens, I'm probably pissed. But now I just happy to be out <laughs> there and I'm alive. I survived. Oh, you've had uh, a lot of time to uh, talk about gear and look at gear, and you guys spent some time with uh, the folks at CCM, and that uh, webinar is up on Ingle Mag Hutch. Yeah, just a reminder, it was a while ago, but we ha- we did have a, a webinar with the CCM design team, and, and what a cool opportunity. Uh, they're actually sitting right in their testing lab and talking about the whole design process for gear, and we had some fantastic questions. The whole thing was really um, driven by questions from from our members who who joined in and uh, just got to get a real look at what goes into designing a set of gear, all the research that's involved, uh, product development research, sourcing out the best products, uh, some of the decisions they have to make. You know, um, we all think, why don't you just do this? But there's there's compromises involved in everything because, of course, they could create the perfect rebounds, but then the pads are gonna gonna weigh far too much, or they could make this feature happen, but then they've got to balance costs and. And so I just love to look at it, even a bit of a talk for those people who want to follow this as a career, how you can, how you can do that. So uh, an hour, really well spent, and Woody, as usual, did a masterful job guiding the, the questions and, and, our, our, and our panelists. You have some fun up there, Woody? Yeah. I, I, hey, I mean, me getting a chance to talk about gear. I mean, that's right up my alley. Probably talked too much. Didn't let them speak enough, but there were some cool answers. Um, I shut up just long enough for them to make it interesting. It's definitely something I'd recommend checking out. Uh, also, uh, have a, a great piece up uh, in our Pro Drill segment uh, talking about depth before angles uh, with Brady Robinson. Uh, Hutch, you want to walk us through uh, this sort of theory that uh, that we are, are talking about here? Yeah, and it's 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 real. Although it's it feels like a bit of a clickbaity title because, of course, uh, we're all taught angle before depth, uh, move through the middle of the net so that you can get in position and give yourself a chance to make the save before you try and gain a little bit of depth. And uh, Brady goes through a scenario: um, short side shots coming off the rush, where this one wasn't a rush, but but you know, off the off the wing. Um, where goaltenders very often, young and old, as you step off the post, just because of the nature of how your foot is anchored to the post, we tend to push uh, laterally too much and and end up creating space on the short side. So uh, Brady takes a young goaltender, happens to be uh, my son, Maddie, who who you've all heard me yap on far too much about on the podcast, and uh, takes him through a change to to how you would do that instead of trying to move to the center of the net first, which inevitably takes you off angle in this one situation. Uh, if you're not careful, uh, he asked them to sort of attack the puck first. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a fascinating look. And, and I just like it because it's a different way of thinking about something uh, that we all are, are trained to do it an, another way. So lo- love when Brady was able to share that with all of us, Woody. Well, we've seen so many of our articles, our pro drills and our pro tips and talk about, you know, 
angle first, then depth. And so, you know, I've had a lot of, I've had actually some coaches reach out and say that was such an important article is because so many goalies do open that short side when they take that step out rather than just take ice. And sure enough, uh, I was doing a pro read session. Uh, uh, this is a premature tease for next week's feature guest is Ryan Miller, who uh, retired this uh, offseason and will be working with the U.S. Olympic team coming up in 2022. But so we had a great feature interview and then we did about 30 minutes of video. And there was an exact that type of situation where he had to take quick ice off the short side that so little tease. We'll have Ryan Miller, who read the game as well as anyone in the history of it, doing some pro reads for us. And that's going to be one of them. Also, little tease as we head into the feature interview with Thatcher Demko. We've got a video session with him set up for next week. So he'll be one of our pro reads guests in the near future at ingoldmag.com. And the two come together again uh, in the uh, umbrella of the Olympics. Uh, Ryan Miller played in the Olympic Games, and now he's part of that coaching staff with Team USA going to Beijing 2022. And Thatcher Demko is hopeful to be part of the American squad, uh, searching for a podium appearance uh, in uh, China. So uh, we have this conversation with Thatcher Demko uh, brought to you by Sensorina, Sensorina VR, and Thatcher's putting in the work. And uh, if you have Sensorina, Sensorina VR, you can too, even if you don't have ice, Hutch. Yeah, I sure can. And w- what a neat time of year as we talked about. And we happen to have a couple of new goaltenders in our lives, guys. Uh, my son's partner. And then we've got a billet coming in for the local junior team who's going to be living with us. And I was just thinking today how fun it's going to be to be able to introduce Sensorina to the two of them. Uh, and I was thinking that begin as it is the beginning of the season for so many young goaltenders, you know, it's a time when we all uh, like a new school year. We all want to set new routines. We, we've got the best of intentions to, to have the best routines so that we can have the best season we can possibly have. And, and I think Sense Arena uh, really has a place for all goaltenders, uh, an opportunity to make it part of that new routine um, so that when you hit the ice, um, you can be your best. And I can imagine a few different ways that you might be doing that. I mean, a lot of young goaltenders play on teams that only get one practice a week, maybe two practices a week, and they're trying to become the best they can be. Now you can just hop into Sense Arena, use those VR training tools uh, to get looks at pucks, to walk yourself through some footwork, to learn how to track the puck. If you're not getting the ice that you'd like to get, what an incredible opportunity uh, to practice more. Or if you're getting all the ice you want, it's still a chance to face some shooters that are above your level or to use it as a, a warm-up before you hit the ice. Um, you know, I, I think juggling's got a, a place for a lot of young goaltenders uh, and old goaltenders, but Sense Arena lets you practice your tracking like no other tool before you hit the ice. So, and, and then the last thing, guys, very recently, of course, they released a player version. So uh, if mom or dad happens to be a player, brother, sister, now you got the opportunity to have it for both of you for the price of the one, because every Sense Arena package comes with uh, effectively two licenses. It's one license that lets you sign up two profiles. And if you're a crazy household with two goalies, that's great news. Uh, or if you happen to have a goalie and a player, you can use them that way. So for the same price that you were before getting getting uh, Sense Arena for goaltenders, you can have it for for two people in the house. And just a quick little reminder, if you use our code IGM50 in GoldMag50, um, you save yourself 50 bucks if you're going to add it to your toolkit this year. And if you haven't been on the ice for 18 months, Sense Arena might just be a life saver. I'm telling you, like, 
may have taken that first one off the bucket. I'm not good enough. Some people are like, I got to eat your hands in front of your head. I'm like, no, man, like that guy played pro and he was below the dots. I'm not good enough. My hands aren't quick enough. I'm almost 48 years old. But I'm telling you, I tracked. I felt like I was seeing the puck. I thought that was going to be like a death sentence that first game. And I think it was Sensorina that just allowed me to feel like I, I, I saw the puck better than I ever expected to. And I credit all of that to the work I did with Sensorina going into that first game. I was nervous. I hadn't been nervous playing hockey in so long, but 18 months without it. And those nerves were calm by a Sensorina session an hour before I hit the ice. Uh, you're lucky that you got a puck out there because there's certain players, even in the National Hockey League, that will go out and not see a puck at all. Thatcher Demko, in this conversation with you, Woody, talks about going an, an hour with Ian Clark and and not seeing a puck, just going through the uh, drills of trying to lock things down in the movements. Yeah, and a lot of you're going to hear a lot of talk. Uh, this is this might be the most goalie specific. We're a goalie specific podcast, but this might be the most goalie specific interview in terms of technique that we've ever had. And I think that's a product of most guys come through town or most guys we know try and get some information from the goalie coach, like, hey, what's he working on, so we can talk to him about it. But you're kind of leaving it a little bit up to them in terms of how much they want to share. Same with Thatcher in terms, it was his choice in terms of how much he wanted to share, but I had a front row seat for this project. I've been here in Vancouver watching him put in the work with Ian and watching the changes in his game. You're going to hear about tracking down the wall and, you, and, and we've got video of all of these things that we'll be able to add to in goal mag soon. Um, reverse tracking, which is like a double seal where he's got a, he's got a skate on each post and down on the ice when the play's behind the net. Uh, a lot of his reverse work. Um, so he really walked us through all the details it took to dial that in, uh, the process, how important it is to his game in this interview. But to your point, Darren, mostly he talked about the importance of doing that work, even without a puck, like how that movement and those patterns, heard it from Carey Price before, we've heard it from Carter Hart. Those are the anchors. Every goalie loves the drills with pucks and the result at the end of a save. But you got to do the skating work, whether it's puck handling with Mike Smith or if you want to move and play at the top level like Thatcher Demko, you got to do the work. And it's all about the skating. Get your gear at Source for Sports Surrey, the hockey shop, the hockey shop dot com. Uh, prepare your game through Sensorina, Sensorina VR, and then get on the ice and do the work like Thatcher Demko is right now. It's our feature interview on In Goal Radio, the podcast. This is fascinating stuff. Enjoy. Back on the ice, back in Vancouver after, geez, it's been a couple of years since we talked, yeah. at least for the Ingle Radio podcast audience. Right. Um, a lot's happened since then. Yeah. <laughs> you return as the number one goaltender. It's funny. The last time we talked, we were talking about working with different coaches and approaches because you hadn't worked with Ian Clark yet. Yeah. Now you have. What's the last year and a half been like? So, <laughs> like, Martin, that's a big question. Yeah. And there's been lots of changes. Um. We might need a couple podcasts if we're <laughs> if we're gonna get all the way into it, but um, I mean it's been good. It's uh, it's been hard um, at times, you know. He, um, as a young kid, when I first got called up for good, and you know, then the year after that, and backing up Marky for the whole year, he kind of had that approach of you know breaking you down to build you up type of thing. And um, you know, as as a per as as a person for me individually, like you have to buy into that and you have to trust him a, a ton, you know, because. 
he uh he he put he makes it hard on you he puts a lot of pressure on you and um you know there's times where you you want to give in and you want to you know take the easy route and um you know he he demands a high level from you every single day and that's something that um you know I've really adapted to and and really embraced over the last couple of years as I continue to develop and and grow um you know and you know his his whole game is built around work and you know, I always thought of myself as a hard worker and, you know, I'm, I'm finding now that I'm, I'm learning how to work hard, which I know sounds a little bit ambiguous, but, um, it's, it's a skill and it's a skill to be able to have, you know, good, um, good technique through, throughout a practice when you're getting bagged and, you know, you start getting a little bit tired and maintaining those sharp details, maintaining those good habits. And ultimately those are the things that are going to prevail, you know, when it's late in the game and, and the team needs you. What was that process like? Because it's not easy. The expectations that when we had Ian on the podcast about a year ago, we actually did a two-parter. So like you said, sometimes it takes more than one part because yeah. there's so much information coming. Um, and he does, it like that high standard is something that he sets early. Like what's that conversation like? And what's it like being on the other end of that when he talks about what, what this is going to be like and what the demands are, what the expectations are? Yeah, I mean, I, I won't get into too much detail, but, um, you know, I remember my first training camp with him, like we went to lunch the first day and, um, you know, we sat there for two hours and just talked about one kind of where he thought I was at, um, you know, things that, you know, he thought that I could improve on, which was a pretty lengthy list. <laughs> um, and then kind of just, you know, what you're talking about, that expectation every single day and what it takes to, to truly be a, a really solid and, and a great number one goalie in the NHL, because, you know, working with him, it's, it's not good enough to just be okay and, you know, win some games here and there and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's about being there for your teammates every day and, and stepping up when your name's called. And, um, you know, ultimately that's, that's what I knew. I knew that's what it was going to take to, to be, become great and become, you know, a, a starter in the NHL, which I'm, you know, in, in a good spot here going into camp. Obviously I still want to continue to work and continue to grow and, um, get better at a lot of different things. But, um, you know, we've definitely put in a lot of work over the last three three seasons together, and um, you know, I'm excited for for what's moving forward. That first year with Marky, like, what's it like? Because um, he's a guy who is pretty intense and has a pretty high standard for for himself as well. What'd you take from from your time with Jacob Markstrom? And had, I mean, his last year here in Vancouver, I mean, that was just yeah. an exceptional season. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing that I was able to see was, you know, he was new to Clarkie too, and um, you know, had I come in and, uh, him and, and Marky had maybe a little bit of a deeper connection and Marky had been used to, you know, kind of the systems that, that Clarkie runs, um, it might've been a little bit tougher for me, but I was able to see, um, uh, you know, the way that, that, um, Ian was able to break down Marky and the way that Marky bought into that and committed himself and trusted Ian with, with the process. And, um, you know, that was a, a great guy for me to look up to and, and kind of see the transition of, you know, I was here and then, you know, Clarky comes in the picture and I'm moving towards this, this ultimate goal that we have together. And, um, you know, after Marky left, it was, it was, um, a little bit easier for me to, to kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say, you know, replace him, but it was easier for me to, to kind of take that next step and, and fill that, that void of, you know, being able to, fight for a number one spot and, and continue to work with Ian for sure. 
Now, it's funny. I want to get into some of those details a little bit too, because I've, I've, I've watched the drills and watched the work be done and seen how much work was done. Um, but I wanted to add the one thing I remember that, that first sort of half season, like for Jacob, was after the first year, how excited he was about the next year because he wasn't able to do everything physically the first year. Like he had to go into an off season and train differently yeah. in order to be able to get his body into some of the positions he wanted to to do some of the new things in was introducing. Did you go through that process as well? Yeah. And what was that? How has your off seasons changed around those things? Yeah. I mean, there's, I learned that there's a difference between flexibility and mobility. <laughs> um, you know, after I got my hip surgery done in uh, college, you know, I all of a sudden had these new ranges that I was able to find. And, you know, I was considered a pretty flexible guy and, you know, I kind of took pride in that. And then I came up and when I first started working with Clarkie, he was, showing me all these different positions that he, you know, was trying to implement in my game. And I was like, I, I just can't do it. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, I still, I can touch my toes. I can do all that stuff, but, um, you know, the, the hip joint needs to be able to move, um, as well as, you know, you can stretch your hamstrings and your groins and stuff like that, but the joint itself, you know, making sure that the joints in good shape and, and strong and able to move, move in different directions and things like that, uh, you know, that's, that's a huge thing for Clarkie too, which, you know, it, it's helped my game tremendously. It, it's helped me kind of implement my system, um, in a little bit of a different way, um, which has ultimately helped my game out a ton. How is the, how, how, how's the training for that different? Is there anything like, it's funny cause this is at such a high level that I'm not sure there's anything we can give that a kid can take away, but like, have you changed how you, like, if you were to go back to Thatcher Demko five years ago and say, Hey, you need to start working on this instead of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so now like, um, my workouts, you know, when I'm back home and stuff doing them, it's, I take about an hour, hour and a half to do mobility work. Um, and then my lift is about an hour long. So, you know, beforehand you'd focus on all your strength training and your conditioning, which is obviously all super important, but, um, you know, now I'm taking the time, you know, I'm actually taking more time out of my day to, to work on the mobility stuff. Um, I find once you get to a certain point with flexibility, that's it, you know, like you, you kind of hit your ceiling. Um, but with the mobility stuff, you can always get better. You can always, um, keep training it and, and find new ranges, uh, new ranges of motion. Um, the program that I really started to get into is called FRC. Um, it's a new type of mobility. It's all about, and it's called hip cars and pails and rails and things like that. Um, I've seen a little bit of this with Tyler Parsons, I think on, yeah. on like Instagram and stuff. Yeah. So, so it's all about putting your hip in a vulnerable, vulnerable position and, you know, building strength from there. So it, one, it limits injury because, you know, you're, you're training yourself to be in a bad spot and then, you know, you're strengthening yourself from there instead of, you know, doing a lunge and you're building strength in a straight plane. Now you're in a vulnerable spot and doing some work from there. So, um, I think it, it's huge for longevity. It's huge for, you know, sustaining that level throughout an 82 game season. And, um, it's been, you know, really beneficial for me. Anybody we can sort of shout out like that you're working with that, uh, to, that introduced this new stuff to you. Um, yeah, I mean, the guys here in Vancouver have been great. Um, they, they do their research and, and pick up new stuff. Uh, my trainer back home has been unbelievable. He, um, his name's Jesse Dietrich and he's actually from Pittsburgh and played some prep school, played D3. Um, but he, uh, he really commits to that side of things, which I appreciate as a trainer. You know, it's, uh, it's easy for a trainer to go and study, you know, how to 
bench press and, you know, how to do all the, the lunges and the squatting and all that stuff. But to really dive down into, you know, my uh, position specific exercises, which he's done a ton of, um, he's brought a lot to the table for me. And, you know, I've been able to relay some of the things that Clarky's talked to me about and he's been able to go home and kind of, you know, study and, and research that kind of stuff. And, and he's been awesome for that. So just learn from your goalie coach, the positions you got to get into yeah. and now we figure out how to get into them easier. Yeah, and you know, my trainer back home, he actually, he'll come on the ice with me and, um, you know, I'll, I'll show him all the drills that I do with Clarky, and I'll, I'll show him the stuff that, you know, I think I can still improve on. And, um, the thing with, you know, the mobility stuff is there's no, there's no real ceiling. Like, you know, obviously you can't bend your leg backwards or anything, but you know, you can always get more range and stuff. So yeah, him coming on the ice and, and putting that extra time in with me and, um, you know, really committing to that's been, been awesome. Okay. couple, I want to get into or a little bit, as much as you're comfortable with some of the specifics that have changed. Um, but one's a more general, it's a little bit more of a broader thing. Um, pace and the pace with which you play and the pace with which you practice and move. Um, everything seems to be like when I watch you, you know, T push down from the top to the crease and do your crease movement patterns. Like there's an explosiveness, a power and a pace to all of it. Is that, I'm guessing on purpose, like there's no sort of, it's not, it's never, doesn't ever look real casual out there. It's controlled. Yeah. But like, like I was watching this morning and like posts are popping off their pegs as you're, as you're <laughs> yeah. doing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the pace is, that's a, a huge part of the game. I mean, guys are quick. I mean, you look at McDavid, McKinnon, you know, like these guys can skate as fast as they can stick handle just as quick and they have vision where, you know, they might see an open part of the rink that, you know, no one else does. So, um, I think the pace part of things is, you know, again, like you said, you have to be controlled and, um, that comes with, you know, just repetition and, um, being light on your feet and a lot of it's mental too. You know, you got to be able to be reactive to a situation while also, you know, having those quick triggers on your feet, on your knees, all different positions and, um, you know, pace is something that I've put a lot of work into. And, you know, last year I finally felt like I had uh, seen a substantial difference in, um, the way that I was able to kind of maneuver through the crease and maneuver through certain situations, especially power plays through the seams, you know, on two on ones, things like that. Um, it's been huge. Is it just like, you're not behind? Like, like the, yeah, the I mean, amount of times yeah. you get behind are, are a lot less well, frequent uh, yeah, when and, you're playing with that type of pace? Too, like, if you're, you know, the puck's at the blue line, like it's not in a um, dangerous position, but if he zips it across and you're slow on that pass, then you're going to be slow on the one down to the goal line. Then you're going to be slow on the one back into the slot. So it's, it's a, you know, Clark always says you got to be ahead of the moment. And, um, you know, the quicker that you can get to a spot and get set and settled, the more time you have to gain information about what the next, the next play is going to look like. And, um, you know, the, the more time that you have to make those in-game reads, you know, the quicker you're going to be on that next move because you're kind of anticipating it or you're, I don't want to say expecting it, but you, you know that there's a chance that that play might, might happen. So um, I think, you know, staying ahead of the game is, it's, it's huge and it all comes from pace for sure. Okay. I think he calls them track downs. Yeah. I, th I, I think I got that. I couldn't remember if it was track back or track. I think it's track down, sort mm -hmm. of that, that shuffle movement yeah. as a play comes down the wing. Was that different for you? I'm trying to remember back. Like for a lot of guys, you know, they'd play that sort of straight lines back to the goal line, more of a flow situation. Yeah, no. 
<laughs> There's no floating. Not anymore. No. Was, it, was there before? Like, was yeah, that a big change for, for you? Because sure. I've watched, I've watched Mikey do it. I watched Braden learn it last year. Yeah. And can you walk me through that process and, and what the benefits are for you? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I think is um, deciding when in your game the shuffle or the tee push is the right play. I think that's where it starts. Um, Clark and I through, you know, video sessions and, you know, numerous talks of what my game's going to look like. We've decided that there's no shuffling on any sort of pass. Um, the only shuffle is an east-west carrying, you know, a, a player's coming into the zone and it's east-west and, you know, it's short shuffles, short hard shuffles. There's no like long exaggerated um, shuffles like you'd, I mean, I used to do those a bunch, you know, that was, everyone's like, oh, it keeps you square. It does all that. But it's like, if your tee pushes are quick enough, you're, <laughs> you're going to be square before the puck gets off anyway. So, um, that kind of takes that out of the equation, but, um, yeah, the track downs are, um, you know, I, I used to drift a little bit, um, like you're saying, the floating, um, cause it's kind of a hard spot to maneuver like that, that tough angle. Do I keep my feet? Do I not keep my feet? Um, how much depth do I need? That kind of stuff. But well, and if you flow in a straight line, like the old school guys used to do, and still some guys do very well. Um, Ryan Miller, I was yeah. talking to him earlier, and like that's how he played it, right? Yeah. But inevitably, if you come straight back, you, you get flat. Yeah, it's hard to maintain that angle as plays go down the wing into into tougher angles. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's a situation where it's it's the shuffling with the guy carrying down the wing, and then when he hits a certain spot on the ice, I know that. I have like, that's my cue to get into, you know, reverse. And that's the track down as you're tracking down the wall. And then, you know, you enter into reverse at a certain point. And at that point, I know that the angle isn't great enough where that guy can beat me because I'm on my post. And it still gives me the ability to have good alignment for any east-west activity. If that guy decides to make a backdoor pass or, you know, throws it to the net drive guy. Um, it just, it felt like it really freed me up for, any sort of situation that that guy might decide to, you know, create, um, offensively. Um, whereas before, like, you know, I'd kind of get down into those tight angles and I'd feel stuck, you know, do I stay square to this guy? Do I kind of, you know, rotate a little bit to cheat on the pass? Like what, what's the play here? And that, that was something that really cleaned up my game a lot. And, um, it just keeps my system running really smooth because when you're in your reverse at that point, you can go anywhere, you know, like, and that's another thing you got to train is being able to, you know, go anywhere from your reverse, you know? Well, it's funny because I wanted to ask about that and then obviously tr uh, reverse tracking and then this, I guess some people call it the double seal, which you've added as well. But just that statement, like it's funny because I, I've watched all those drills and a lot of people would watch you do that crease movement and just think, oh, he's just getting his feet under him. He's just, you know, warming up. But like, and, and I've, wa I've watched you guys hammer it. Yeah, for, it, for sure. like really hammer it and work hard at it. And I watched other guys work hard at getting better at it with them. And, you know, again, it just looks like you, a lot of people would just be like, ah, it's just a crease movement. But you just said like, like that's, that sets everything it's up. A it's a foundation. Really yeah. That, that like reverses actually, it's, it's a foundation of my game for sure. Like he always used to say like, or he still does, but like when you're down, he doesn't, he doesn't like recognize it as like, oh, you're down in your butterfly. He just calls it your down stance because you have to be able to do everything that you can do from your feet, from your knees and from your posts. And, you know, if you're able to do that, then, you know, there's, I think sometimes the reverse gets a lot of, uh, a lot of backlash, you know, because it's like, why would you give your feet up? But like, for me, it's like, I'm just as comfortable from there than I, as I am on my feet and I'm just as quick and I'm just as efficient. So it's like, 
why would I not, you know, have a good, you know, coverage of angle and still have the mobility of, you know, being able to get to that back door maybe a little bit quicker. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like I'm a little bit more ready for anything and I'm really confident in it for sure. Oh, I, I was going to say, like, it is part of that being able to move out of it the way you do. Like, it's one thing to say, you can say that now. Yeah. Because when you go into it, you're not stuck in it. You have a seal, but you've also are able to react vertically on the short side post. I've seen that. It's yeah. not a passive seal. No. You, that back no, leg you, anchor yeah, can drive you up. it's always reactive, yeah. for sure. And, I mean, and you move out of it, like you said. Like, you can yeah. be at the top of the far side of the crease at the top as fast as... It's just you. like the T-push would be. And, I mean, that's that's work, too. You know, it's it's about working on these things individually. And once you get them down, then you can start to connect moments you know, smooth and, and efficiently and, and quickly, you know, like that pace that you're talking about. And, um, you know, once I, I get comfortable in my reverse and I'm like, you know, I can get anywhere from there, then I have the ability to, to start building confidence in my track down and, you know, having confidence in my cue, like, okay, when he hits this, I'm in my reverse and I know these are my options. And, um, yeah, I mean, you've seen it. Like we, <laughs> I've seen the work we that's do it coming. every day. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I think some people would see that work if they didn't see it every day, every day, they'd just look at it and be like, oh, he's just, he's warming up. Like yeah, crease movement patterns are just sure. a warm up. And yet, whether it's you adding that element or Carrie Price, you know, talking about crease movement, like that is the foundation. I think there's a lot of kids that don't want to do that. They want, let's get pucks, let's do drills. I mean, but, the first, uh, pretty much the first two weeks I was here, like Clark and I would go on for an hour and there's no pucks. And maybe there's like a quick, you know, little movement with a, a shot at the end of it, at the end of the skate. but you know, predominantly like the first 40, 45 minutes is just no pucks. It's just getting back into that, those systems and, you know, finding that coordination and that stability, you know, obviously you take time off in the summer and you got to get back into it just like anyone. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the skating's no joke. It's, uh, it's just as important for sure. Um, what are your keys? Like when you go into a reverse track or like I said, some people call it double seal. Was that one of the, mo- one of the, movements that required some off-season yeah, work it, like, that was that looks painful like i couldn't even come yeah, close right? yeah no that that one's tough on the the hips and the groins for sure i remember like the first couple times i tried it like my five hole was just like three feet wide you know like i didn't have the range to you know have both feet on the post and also have a good five hole seal um but yeah i mean the the reverse track was something i was super uncomfortable with i'd never even heard of it before i you know, came up to, to, um, Vancouver and worked with, uh, Ian, but, um, you know, now that it's in my game, it's, uh, it's something that I use quite a bit. I mean, pretty much on every, every, uh, East West play behind the net, you know, I'm, I'm getting into it and, um, it adds a lot of benefit, you know, and there's what in your eyes, like what, what do you see the benefits as? Yeah. I mean, behind the net, there's blind spots like hundred percent and, if there's a goalie that's telling you there's not that they're lying, you know, and, um, it gives you that little bit of insurance where, you know, you see these guys, everyone's getting so creative now, especially behind the net, because that's where there's actually a little bit more time and space typically. Um, but you see like the Kuznetsovs and the Kucherovs and McDavid dry like they'll be going around the net and they'll be looking one way and they throw it back behind their back the other way. And sometimes it's too quick to, you know, have a great seal, you know, build up on that post. So if you're covered, at least you have the, the ice covered, which, you know, is where a lot of goals are actually scored. And you have the middle covered, which with your body and 
because your body's usually in the middle with a reverse track. So he, you you do cover a lot of net without having to be over positional. And um, like I said, if there is a split second where maybe you're a half second late getting to the pass with a guy like trying to make a quick, you know, tricky play, you have that insurance where, you know, you do have coverage that you can rely on before you end up building and, you know, being big in that space. Keys to it or keys to you for reverse or reverse tracking? Like what are some of the, like if I were to show a video of you moving in and out of it, what are your triggers? Like is it, is I think a lot of people lose focus on the anchor legs importance. A lot of people just worry about the sh- what's against the post, but like you seem to hit it every time with that toe box on the post, like being able to be consistent with that important that's just, too. Yeah, that's just reps. I mean, I, I personally like to play with the bridge on the post. I don't do the skate. Sometimes if, if I'm in reverse track, I'll do the skate just because it allows me to have a little bit more seal in the middle, a little bit more coverage. But if I'm in the reverse, like I, I, I just don't like seeing that little three inch gap of uh, space between the skate and the post. Um, so I, I always am hitting that toe bridge, which it takes more time to, to perfect and be able to hit that every time because it's a smaller target. You know, like you only have, it's, I, I do my toe bridges with the laces. I was going to ask how you do your laces. Yeah, up. I do it. It's a third of the circumference of the post. So that's, that's the measurement for me because I know, you know, if, if I'm getting into it, like that's really all the room I need. I don't want too much slack, but, um, it takes time. You know, that's, that's hard to do to be able to hit that without looking at it and being able to still, you know, kind of read the play while your body's moving through those, those dynamic positions. Um, and yeah, it took some time, but um, now it's pretty much fully integrated. And then anchor leg, the importance of that. And I ask only because I think it gets overlooked a lot. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the anchor leg for me is we focus on, um, you know, some alignment stuff, making sure that um, you're not too... You know, you don't want to be 90 degrees with the post, you know, because that'll just, that takes away any ability to, you know, get back to our east-west. I mean, you can, but you have to see cut first, right? right. Which takes time. Um, so you making sure that that anchor leg is controlling your angle on the post. Um, and obviously, that gives you the ability to, you know, get that tall coverage if you need it, with the extra little push to to cover those top corners. Again, um, it's not passive. It's not. Sitting. No, I mean you can you can react to a high yeah. shot. You re- I've seen you and I've seen Marky react up with the shoulder using that drive, that anchor leg to drive. Yeah, and I mean you saw that drill that we finished with today with the track downs. Um, yeah, you know he's in the corner and we're tracking down and he slaps his stick and that's my cue to get into the post. And as I'm sliding into the post, he's taking a slap shot. You know. And so that's that's where you have to have that precision, the accuracy, the control to be able to make sure that your body's getting in in the seal while also being able to use your hands and react to to pucks coming in. And you can't just get into the the seal and you know hope it goes <laughs> like it's supposed to. You know you still got to be alert and reactive from that. Yeah, position. I saw the glo- even the glove save on that too, where again the hands aren't passive. For yeah, you. and I mean that's that's part of the strength thing too is being able to you know, get in those positions and have the core stability to not use your hands. You know, like if you're rotating and pushing into the post, a lot of times it takes a goalies, you know, use their hands to to help gain that momentum where, you know, if you take your hands out of the equation, then, you know, you can't be reactive. You can't really control those situations. So it's, um, you kind of got to dissociate between the bottom and, and top half. So, 
Ian got his contract extension. I'm going to have a lot of people right now that are, we're, we're, we're 20 minutes in and we've been talking about all the work you've done with yeah. People are going to be like, easy with the tire pumps. He already yeah. got his deal. Here. Yeah, but yeah. but we, I got to be honest with you, it's been a while since I had a few people around the league reach out and be like, they haven't heard a goalie go to bat for their goalie coach like that the way you did at the end of the season. How important was it for you to get to continue this relationship here after you had signed your extension? Yeah, it was, um, it was massive for me. I mean... I won't go into it too much uh, with the details and stuff, but I just felt like I knew that this guy was the best thing that, you know, I could, I could have around. And he was, he was going to be the guy that was going to get me to where I want to go, which ultimately is, you know, one the best goalie in the league. And, um, you know, it, it kind of felt like I went through the trenches and, you know, I grinded and grinded and I was just kind of starting to see the fruition of it. And, you know, reaping the fruit of, of all the work that we had done together over the last three seasons. And I was just like super upset that, you know, there was a, a possibility that, you know, I had gotten over the hump and I felt like I was ready to take off, you know, and, and really start to, to do some damage and, um, you know, take a, a lot of, a lot of bigger, bigger steps in my game. And, um, you know, it just would have been really difficult to, you know, have a new guy come in and, you know, try and reverse, you know, all these, um, systems that we've gotten in order. And, you know, we've done thousands and thousands of hours together, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of reps doing all this stuff that, you know, he preaches and, you know, I'm not saying that there's no one else out there that can do the job, but, you know, everyone kind of has a different approach and you guys um, are on the same page. Yeah. And, and we are yeah, for sure. And that took some time, you know, and it was tough at times on both of us, you know, as, I think we, we both had the same goals, but it was just about, you know, getting on the same page, speaking the same language, understanding each other a little bit more. And, um, you know, it felt like I was kind of just getting over the hump and, <laughs> you know, a little bit of uncertainty with, you know, his future. So, um, I didn't, I didn't mean anything malicious by it. I didn't mean to, you know, cause any drama or anything like that. I, I just, you know, deep down really felt that it was important and, you know, at the end of the day, it was, I knew it was the best for me, which ultimately is, you know, going to be the best for the organization. And, um, I'm, you know, obviously thrilled that, you know, they got something worked out and we can move forward. So you just said you're ready. You felt, you felt like you're ready to take off. So what, like, what do you come into? Like, where are the expectations? Do you set goals for this season? Yeah. Are you sure. cognizant that it's an Olympic year? Like yeah, what, what kind of, of things course. do you think about? Yeah. I mean, the Olympics are it's a big deal, man. You know, it's a amazing opportunity if you're given, um, given it. And, you know, that's definitely something I take a lot of pride in playing for my country. I always have, and, you know, I always will. Um, and to be able to do it on the Olympic stage is obviously something that, you know, very few people get to do. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty about, you know, every Olympics, it's like, are the NHL guys going to go? Or are they not? And, you know, it's, uh, you know, maybe someone, you know, last Olympics would have made the team, but, you know, the Olymp or the NHL guys weren't able to go and that was their one chance to, to go. And, um, you know, as, uh, obviously I want to take care of, of my job here, but you know, that'll kind of just play itself out, but, um, definitely something that has been on the, on the radar. And I'm guessing here means like playoffs, obviously a goal. The yeah. organizations made some big moves this summer, like massive overhaul in terms of personnel. Where, 
How excited are you about this season with this group and, and continuing to grow with them as well? You got a taste of the playoffs two years ago. Like, is that, is that the, is it hard to get that taste out of your mouth? And yeah, I mean, I, I only played the, you know, three games in a bit there, but it was, you know, that's fun hockey. That's, it's meaningful hockey. It's, um, it's what you strive for when you're working out in the summer and going into camp and, um, you know, games throughout the season. So that's uh, that's definitely something that this group wants to get back to. And um, I know that, you know, a lot of our core guys are, you know, itching to get back. There is uh, a lot of, you know, that was the first time that a lot of us have been in the playoffs and, you know, we all kind of thrived there and you saw a lot of guys step up to the plate when it mattered. And, um, you know, we were really excited kind of coming out of that and uh, we just want to get back for sure. Yeah, you mentioned it, just the three games at the end, but they were three incredible games. How did you prepare for that moment against <laughs> Vegas? Like, what's that like going in cold, yeah. facing elimination, you know, with, with all the pressure and all that goes on there? And we've talked a lot about how your games evolved. What about between the years? Like, you got a psychology degree. Like, what, what's yeah. the approach and how's that evolved them to get yeah. you ready for a moment like that? Yeah, I think mentally it was... Um it was a huge thing for me, um, uh, being able to go in and perform that way. Um, the mental side of things is something I've really, really strive to work on over the last couple of years. Um, you know, it was kind of a, um, a little bit of a shock to the body and, and the mind come like getting called up and, you know, now I'm working with Clarky and there's all these new things he's throwing at me. And, you know, I was drafted by Vancouver and everyone was speculating about when I would arrive. And, you know, I finally got called up and I just, I, I felt like I was going out and playing and thinking so much because, you know, I'm one, I, I want to win. That's, that's the goal every time you get on the ice. But also I knew that that those years, you know, the year I got called up and then the year I was backing up, like those are developmental years. And I really wanted to implement everything that Clark and I had been working on, you know, into my game when it mattered, you know, I can do as many reps as I want with him on the ice during practice, but, um, that doesn't mean much if you can't go out and do it in a game. So I kind of felt like I was getting into situations and, you know, I'd, I'd see the puck get to a certain spot and be like, okay, I'm supposed to get into reverse here. Okay, go. And then it's like, Oh, I'm late. Cause I was thinking about that. And then, you know what I mean? So it was, I think the the bubble was a situation where, you know, I hadn't played since March, you know, it was like six months <laughs> and I had just been practicing for, you know, probably two months at that point. And um, I knew that there was not really an expectation for, no one thought I was going to, you know, come in and steal the series or anything. And, you know, everyone was kind of like, yeah, I guess we'll kind of see how he does. Like down 3-1, hasn't played in six months. Like, good luck, kid. You know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. And, you know, I I, I was able to kind of just, you know, just screw it, man. Like, see what happens. You know, like go out. You've done all your work in practice, like just set it aside. You've done everything you can. Like there's nothing else you can do, you know, like just go out, try to enjoy it, you know, see what happens. And, you know, I actually, that was the best I felt playing in the NHL, you know, up to that date. And, you know, from then on, I've been able to kind of pull a lot of lessons from that and kind of just work on, you know, finding that mindset, you know, on a daily basis. And, um, you know, it's been been obviously it's you got to work on it and you know it's just like getting in the gym and doing the mobility stuff you know you got to spend your time on it but you know I think it's it's something that kind of separates a, a lot of goalies for sure but thinking right like oh, I was gonna sucks. ask you because you're 
you're learning all these new things, right? Like when did they become instinctual or when were you able to, was it that playoff, those moments where you're finally able to turn it off or was it, there was a little earlier in that season before it got shut down where Marky got hurt and you were thrown into the fire then. Was that where you were thinking a little bit too much? for sure. I mean, that was a combination of a bunch of stuff, but I mean, the, like when the playoffs came around and like, you know, if, if you just look at it objectively, like I had done all the work, I knew exactly, like I was good. I was there, but I hadn't released myself mentally to just go do it, you know? And like the playoffs were the first time where I was like, I, I saw like, Hey, you, you can do this and not think of, like, it's natural now. You have like, to think you, about it. Exactly. Like you you can do all this stuff, man. Like you're good. Just focus on what you got to think about, you know, like focus on the game, just, you know, go out and have fun and, and relax a little bit. And after that, I was like, okay, yeah, I do have all these techniques down. Like, I don't have to think about them. Like, let's think about, or let's start working on, you know, the mental stuff so I can, you know, like I'm saying, you know, stop thinking about things. And, you know, going into last year, it was like the first time I was able to like really go into games and not worry about it too much. And Play free? Yeah. For sure. You know, Clarky calls it the sandbox. <laughs> you know, just go out and like you're a little kid playing in the sand at the playground. Like, you know, you did your work. You're, you know, you you had your hard hat on all week. And then the game comes around and that's that's the time you go just play, man. Have fun. and Easy to say. Sometimes it's really hard to do. He told me for two years and I did not know what he meant. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, I, obviously I can make sense of it, you know, but... Um, but doing it is another exactly, thing. Exactly, yeah. And... Um, I'm curious. Did Holtz help at all? Like, like, ton, yeah. like he was only here for a year. I'm not sure he got a really fair shake here. Um, I, I'm a big Braden Holtby fan, but Me too. <laughs> behind the scenes, <laughs> yeah. Like as you're going through this process first time, and what well, kind of kind of ways did he help? You know what? I've been really fortunate. I feel like every single year, I've had the exact goalie partner I needed for me to take the next step, and that's obviously something that's out of your control and you know i'm really thankful for that but it was like like you said like marky's you know pretty intense guy and you know i think i needed to see that side of myself um through him uh that year and then last year was a great year for me to learn how to kind of relax a little bit and you know find that balance and you know there were tons of times where you know especially when i started playing a lot of games in a row where um you know, I'd come in after the first period, maybe I let in a goal, maybe I let in two. And I was kind of feeling like, ah, it's just not really my night. Like I'm kind of fighting it. And, you know, when you start feeling those things, there's a lot of tension in your body, you know, cause you start thinking like the thought in your head is like, oh, I'm not feeling it. Like I got to work. Like I got to, you know, I got to kind of raise my level, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I would, I would just ask Holtz like in the hallway, I'm like, man, what do you got for me? Like, you know, I'm feeling this. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm lost out there. I feel like I've never played a game in my life. And he's like, yeah, I mean, when, when I feel like that for me, I try to take it down a notch. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that's the opposite of what, you know, I figured you were supposed to up. do. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you got to get your, harder. Yeah. And he's like, you know what, for me, like, I, I try to just relax and try less hard. Like, you know, like, and I remember the exact game, actually, we were playing at home. Um, I can't remember if I think we were down one nothing or something against Montreal, and um, I was just I, I was like I'm maybe letting in freaking nine tonight, you know, like it was just one of those nights, and I talked to him in between periods, and 
you know, I took it to the ice with that mindset that he had kind of just shared with me. And I think we ended up winning like two, one in a shootout. And I, it was one of my better games of the year. Um, and you know, that was something that really stuck with me. And, you know, that was just one example, but he, he was an awesome guy for me last year. And, um, you know, even just away from the rink, hanging out with him in the hotel and things like that. He was just, he was great for our whole group and I know he'll be missed for sure, but, um, yeah, you get some guitar lessons. No, he is way too advanced for me. But uh, that was that was always a treat, you know. After a game, you know, maybe you'd... did you get some jam sessions? Oh all? yeah, yeah, all the time. Um, especially you know, like you maybe lose a game or something on the road, and the guys are kind of down, and you know, you go down into the, the player lounge, and he's strumming along, and kind of puts your mind off of things, and everyone's just kind of hanging out and chatting, and he's playing, and it's good good vibes for sure. Steps this year, we talked about the team and and. Personally, is anything like, do you view it as a step to do this, to be the guy out of the gate? Yeah. Even though you sort of were last year, I mean, Braden was still here and it's a little more clear cut this year. And what about being the guy, we were adding travel, we're adding fans. Is that a real thing? Like, I mean, you've played in front of fans before in front of hostile crowds, but is that a difference that you maybe not have to adjust for, but account for somehow? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I'm not going into this year like I'm a 10-year veteran or anything, you know, like um, I definitely have a, a good amount of experience under my belt now. Um, I think it'll definitely be a little bit weird playing in front of fans again. You know, you kind of get used to the quiet buildings, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good uh, a good test that I'm ready for. You know, it, it's it's not something, I don't feel like I'm being thrown into the fire and you know, there's all these expectations that I, I'm not sure if I can fulfill or not. You know, I know I, I know I can do it. I, I have no excuse not to. I put in the work. I've played the games. Of, you know, last year was, was tough. You know, mentally, not only with COVID, but you know, we there were stretches where we weren't winning a ton of games, and that's that wears on you. And so I, I, I felt like last year was as hard of a year as it was. It was, it was a perfect year to kind of set me up for you know, coming into this season with, you know, hopefully a, a, a renewed um, sense of life in the building and, you know, a little bit of a different vibe in the locker room and um, being able to, to go out and be a playoff team this year. So um, I was, I, I kept telling my, my family, I'm like, if I could make it through last year, I was like, I can, I can get through anything, man. It was, uh, it was crazy for sure. Okay. The family is being extended. This is the last one. Yes. Congratulations. I should yeah. have started with congratulations. <laughs> so, All this hockey and goalie coaches. And yeah. you get engaged this summer. Yeah. Big time. To a goalie though. Yeah, I know. And I don't know how many people know that Lexi Shaw, formerly University of North Dakota. Yeah. Do you guys talk the position at all? Like, do you ever go home or is that where <laughs> you want to escape from the position? Um, no, I, I mean, we don't talk about it too much. Um, she's not breaking down your reverse VH at home no, on film? No, it's a, it's a pretty normal relationship, if you will. Um, well, as normal I mean, as two goalies can have, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, We're the different ones. I guess I, I, I'd kind of like it, you know, because sometimes I'll come home and after a game and, you know, I'm just pissed off and she gets it, you know, like she understands how, how it feels after you lose a game or you get shelled and, you know, she just kind of gives me some space and she, you know, she understands the whole dynamic and she's there if I need to talk, but she understands that it's probably not going to happen. Um, and then if she has a couple glasses of wine, she'll start chirping Brock or someone who didn't back check or whatever. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But 
she's all she's close with a, a lot of the guys on the team um you know just through the wives and stuff which i'm really thankful for i think you know if i hadn't had her up here maybe i i wouldn't have gotten so close with some of the older guys you know just because the the wives connected and you know i as a younger kid i was able to kind of get into those situations with you know pierce and um milsey and eagle and um you know all those kind of guys where you know it was a little bit of an easier transition for me to to kind of um you know bond with those guys in in a way so it's uh it's good man it's i'm we're excited for sure that's awesome congratulations did you ever put the pads on anymore or no i think like three years ago i rented her ice and i like forced her to throw them on and her sister and i went out and like fired a couple at her but that was that was the last time i think she's worn the pads once since since school since school all right. Well, hey, yeah. well, congratulations on that. Excited to watch you this season. Thank, Thank you. you so much for spending the time yeah, with us. There was no a problem. ton in here that our audience is going to love. Awesome. I'm glad. Just so you know, as the listener to this podcast, Inwell Radio, that David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley, the gurus of goaltending, were absolutely giddy themselves in listening to that conversation. So it's it's one thing to be bringing you this content every week, but when the people behind this product are just as excited as anybody else, it's really neat to to witness. And I got to be a sort of the fly on the wall with Hutchin and Woody going through and and listening to that conversation. Uh, Hutch, like, just what what jumped out at you? I wanted more. Yeah, I wanted more. I just keep it coming. Ask for more details. Even when, even when he said, "Well, I'm not going to get too deep into this," I just like Woody, start pressing him, start pressing him. Uh, of course, he can't. The relationships with these guys are so important, and and Woody does a masterful job of pulling out uh, more than anybody else from these guys. But uh, for me, again, yeah, it was the, it was the work. It was the, uh, talking about that speed, and I've seen some of those drills. Uh, Woody shared some of them with me that he goes through them. Uh, I'd love to sit down and talk to him because I know we've sort of gone away to an extent of that old push hard, stop hard. Let's not be too hard on the hips as we're as we're stopping with all that internal rotation and so on. And I I would love to sit down with Thatcher and Clarky and just see how they feel about that because because this seems like a return to some of the the hard skating which I love and I totally get it. It really meshes with what we were talking about uh, beforehand with Smitty, right? You got, you got to give yourself time um, through your footwork to make good decisions. And so I loved hearing that. And, and I actually think that uh, this episode, whether we're talking about Smitty or Thatcher Demko, is we're going to see a lot of kids out there working their tails off on the ice uh, inspired by what these guys are doing. Oh, when he does those, when he does those track downs into the post and then into RVH and then across to the other side on RVH and pops up to the other side, like it's, it's almost ferocious. Like you, you have to have, and they have, they now have at their, at the, the rink they're using for practice at UBC. Like one of the things Ian Clark made them do there, if they were going to use that rink is drill it for, um, proper NHL, um, game pegs, because that post is literally popping up every time Thatcher goes into it, like the amount of power and, and that pace. And you heard him talk about, right? Like if you're ahead of every play, you're giving yourself time to process the play. And and the other thing too, I really enjoyed listening to him talk about reverse and its use 
and proper use and what it's like when it's used properly. Like, you know, it's not an anchor. Like when that short side spot that gets hit every once in a while, like when you've got that back leg anchored properly, you're pushing up to close that. Uh, he can get, I've watched it. Like he gets to the top of the crease on the far side out of an RVH as fast as most guys do it from their skate. So um, I know there's a lot of pushback. Why are you down early? Stuff like that. But when you can move the way some of these guys do, the way he does out of that position, I fully understand why they're in it as often as they are because of the coverage and mobility they're able to generate when they are. I do it more than than you two, certainly. But uh, I just found myself Googling a couple of things as I listened to it, like FRC and and, mm-hmm. and different things, trying to trying to keep up because it was it was so detailed, so inside the position, Woody, and uh, and that was that was really fascinating. Yeah, and that's where we want to take you at ingolmag.com. We don't always get that level of detail, but as I said, I think that's because I because I got a front row seat, right? So th- you know what questions to ask. You, you're a little more familiar, whereas a lot of the times we're we're just throwing it out there in general terms, and I'll, and and you know. What can you guys tell us you've been working on as opposed to being able to say, okay, talk to me about this technique. I've watched you worked on it. And like I said, the beauty here is, Hutch, you said you wanted more. Five more years for Thatcher Demko and five more years for Ian Clark. You heard him, how hard he went to bat for him. And that was a pretty bold statement in the media he made before Ian got his contract extension. The beautiful thing here is, boys, and for everyone who is a subscriber to Ingold Premium, we got five more years of both of these guys. Uh, me in the stands with video cameras and access to them to talk about some of these details. And uh, we'll have more of this stuff. I got them already, like, one-third the circumference of a post. Count on a story on that for toe ties in the, by the end of this week. Toe tie? How, how, how intricate was that? Like, the... One-third uh, the circumference the of the, the post. post. Yeah. Circumference. Yeah. Circumference. Uh, circumference. Uh, reverse tracking and double seal, the same thing, though, right? Yeah, yeah pretty basically. much. That's, that's what Ian okay. Clark calls it, yeah. Although he would tell you uh, that reverse tracking is the right thing. well there's uh there's a lot in there uh you might have to listen to it a couple of times in fact uh maybe more than that uh just a different level of detail when it comes to the position of uh of the position that we love uh, so much uh in goaltending next week uh, we're gonna go to another guy who was so locked in uh to his gear and his game and ryan miller so this will this will be back-to-back weeks of uh savant like uh immersiveness into the to position and, and goaltending looking forward to it um ryan miller one of the most detailed guys that we've ever talked to and a guy who when you talk to him kind of like you were googling darren like yeah. i would have conversations with ryan and then i'd listen back to it and i'd have to think deeper about what he was saying like sometimes in, and i'm not the brightest guy but there were times in our conversations over the years where I wasn't always able to keep up, you know, because he was thinking that things at another level and I had to go back and listen to it and think about it. And then it, it hit deeper. And that's exactly what you get with Ryan Miller. We saw some of that today. So a real treat here as we get ready for the season by bringing you some of our best interviews uh, on the In Goal Radio podcast. Uh, looking forward to it. And if anybody wants to uh, bounce some ideas off of you, uh, how do they get in touch with you, Hutch? Podcast at ingoalmag.com. That's the old radio voice, and I've been thinking as we listen to this uh, great detail for every young goaltender who uh, can only think of the game and their mind drifts off in math class a little bit, uh, how about you Google one-third the circumference of a goalpost and see if you can figure that out. There's your like how long the tote, week. How long the toe tie is? Yeah. I th- that that you- part got me because I used to teach math too, guys. Uh, yeah, you're... you're- 
way too smart to be part of this panel. Uh, actually, that's not smart. I just stayed in school for a really long time, so it would sound like <laughs> I am. Yeah, well, it's important, right? Like he's got it that dialed in to be able to wedge your your pad into that post, and and he doesn't like that bit of space with your skate uh, on it. So, um, it's taking everything into consideration and locking it into right down to the finest uh, bit of measurement. Uh, thanks to Thatcher Demko. Thanks to Cam over at the Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, source for sports, Surrey. Uh, love that uh, that new true catalyst uh, stick. A little bit more than 600 grams, but Siri, I, I want Siri to do a drop with the, with the podcast uh, email. Like that would be cool. You could just like hand it over to, to Siri instead of your deep radio voice, Hutch. Would that bother you? I think that'd be fantastic. I was thinking we got to get her on here for one of our feature interviews or something. Yeah. She need, definitely needs to play a larger role than just fixing all of Cam's mistakes. <laughs> Cam and Siri, that would be outstanding in our feature interview brought to you by Sensorina, Sensorina VR. VR all over the place uh, with that one. Uh, again, uh, thanks to Cam, the Hockey Shop, Source for Sports, uh, Surrey, thehockeyshop.com, Sensorina VR, and thanks to you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Give us, uh, give us some comments. Let us know what you think about, uh, about this. Was it, was it over your head at all? Or did you want more like Hutch and Woody and myself? Uh, because we do walk that, uh, that fine line. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Can't wait to talk to you next time on Ingle Radio, the podcast, when we chat with Ryan Miller. 